What's going on, guys, and welcome back inside another episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu, and you can follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report. And this is the first time in basically two months that we're you know on a Monday and the Saints lost. So it's not a victory Monday, which stinks. And what makes it worse, it happened against the Falcons. Um, but there's a lot of dissect from what went on in that game. And I know a lot of people right now are very worried and concerned about the outlook of the Saints team, what they could be after this week. And the first thing I'm going to say before I dive into my analysis um, and give an in-depth breakdown of what went wrong, what went right, what they need to fix moving forward, I just want everyone to, to do this. Just relax. Because the reality is every year the Saints have a game that they shouldn't lose and you see it on your schedule and it shocks the hell out of you, but they find a way to lose it. And this was the, uh, you know, this game was the 2019 version of it. Last year, season opener, they got flat out rocked by Tampa Bay. Made no sense. Um, and it happened. Uh, and then they had that stinker against Dallas. So, you know what? It's normal. Um, 2018, you want to talk about, you know, weird performances, uh, you know, they, they lost a home opener to Minnesota, uh, the uh, season opener to Minnesota, and they lost a home opener to New England. Um, the team just looked flat throughout most of the season. So I'm not really worried about that. Um, they also lost that game at Tampa Bay 2017, I believe it was. So there's some weird loss along the way. 2011, when they were good, they lost to the Rams. Um, 2009, they lost a two-win Tampa Bay team. There's bad losses every season for every team, you know, minus the New England Patriots. Um, so it's normal. What's concerning is the way the Saints lost. The Saints lost because they got beat at their own game. Um, the offensive line didn't play well. The Falcons ran the ball better than they did. Um, and, and then the one thing that was concerning for yesterday, but you realize it's not a long-term issue, was the main reason the loss was Sean Payton's play calling. And I said this yesterday Midway through the second quarter, I said we are about one more scoring drive away from the Falcons from Sean Payton abandoning the run. And guess what he did? He abandoned the run. They ran the football 11 times. That's it. And people can blame whoever they want. The Falcons ran the ball 34 times. 34 times compared to 11 times. I'll tell you which team wins every single time. It's the one that ran the football more. And what insults me about the way this team lost was that Sean Payton got Kamara back. So he could have went with the two-headed monster at running back with Kamara and Murray. And what did he do? No, we're going to air the ball 45 times with our 40-year-old quarterback, and that's going to lead us to victory. You're wrong. No, it's not. Um, because that's not how it works. You need to run the football. You have two good running backs. You're versing a weak defense. And I get it. I know why Sean Payton wanted to go with a pass-heavy game plan. He knew how bad the Atlanta secondary was coming into this game. But guess what? They started off strong, and Sean Payton just didn't adjust. And people can blame it on whatever they want. I think if you're blaming it on the engagement, you really have issues. That's the reality because let the man live. He's a, he's a human. He's normal, just like us. If he wants to get engaged on Friday, fine. I'm pretty sure he thought he had his team prepared, and they weren't. They just came out flat. Um, but his game planning was bad, and he's going to have to fix that, and it's something that the Saints can easily fix. Um, 
Something the Saints need to fix as well, and I think they will. Offensive line struggles. That was such a weird game. How do you give up six sacks to a Falcons D-line that was, was, you know, the worst in the league in terms of pass rush? How do you give up six sacks is beyond me. I don't have an answer for you guys besides saying they were just not ready for that game and the bye week just didn't do them good. Um, the bye week usually for a hot team doesn't do wonders, and that proved to be true yesterday because the team that lost six straight games won and the team that won six straight games lost. So all I'm going to say is that game is not indicative of the way the O-line's been in recent weeks. Um, Chandler Jones and the Cardinals, no answer. Khalil Mack and the Bears, no answer. The Jaguars with their talented defensive line with Calais Campbell, Josh Allen, and those boys, no answer. So this turns out to just be a bad game for the Saints, and because it happened against Atlanta, People are overreacting, and that's why everyone's getting so frustrated with this game. Something that's not an overreaction, and it's something that's very concerning, and I'm going to talk about it in the second half of this show because I've changed my stance on it. Wide receiver drops, and the issue it's become for this Saints team that they cannot find another wide receiver, not another pass catcher, another wide receiver. Because before I talk about the receivers real quick, I told you guys, stay patient with Jared Cook. And guess what? Jared Cook had a pretty good game yesterday. If you told me Jared Cook was going to finish with six catches for over 70 yards, I think that's a good game. And that's all Jared Cook needs to be. And he could be more than that. But if he's just that, that's so good. That's that's a tremendous addition for the Saints. And I trust Cook. I hope you guys do. I think he's earned the trust of the fans. Over the last three games he's played, he's had his best stretch as a member of the New Orleans Saints. I think he's only going to get better um, as the Saints move on. But they need a wide receiver. Not a tight end. Not a running back like Kamar. They need a wide receiver that can catch the football. I have defended Traquan Smith several times. I probably will continue to, to defend Traquan because he makes some insane catches like the one where his helmet got blasted off his head yesterday. There's someone I can't defend anymore, and I won't defend him. And I think I've, you know, I've interviewed him. He's such a nice guy. Um, I, I do appreciate you know him giving me the chance to talk to him multiple times before. But Ted Ginn is not a trustworthy option anymore. Drew Brees won't even pull the trigger throwing deep to him because I don't know if they trust him to catch the football. And maybe that's on me that I thought Ted Ginn would still be a serviceable option for the Saints. And we all want to direct our anger at Traquan Smith, who granted dropped the third, uh, second down catch and it would have been given the first and st- you know the drive could have kept going, but it stalled because of it. Ted Ginn's been worse. You want to blame Traquan? What did Ted Ginn Jr. do yesterday? He had three targets. He didn't catch a single one. So you guys don't want to blame Traquan Smith? Fine. I don't blame him. I blame the veteran wide receiver who gets paid decently well, who ha- who isn't catching the football. That's who I blame. Traquan had two targets. He dropped the first one. All right, albeit a terrible drop. And then he makes a really big catch. Maybe the Saints should go back to him a little bit more than they do Ted Ginn Jr. Because Ted Ginn's leading him in targets right now. And I don't think that should be the case. And when Keith Kirkwood comes back, I don't think Ted Ginn Jr. is going to see the field. I think they'll move Traquan to Ted Ginn's spot. And Kirkwood will go into the slot for a little bit. I don't know how you play uh, Ted Ginn with the way he's playing football right now. I don't. And that's not even, you know, begins the stance that I changed that I teased on Twitter. That doesn't begin to start. I'm going to talk about that in the second half. Um, Before I go into the second half of the show... I want to talk about something very, very confusing and alarming, and I think Sean Payton's got to stop it right now because if he doesn't, it's going to cost this team. Why aren't they using Alvin Kamara? I don't know if you've noticed. Alvin Kamara's body language is off. He's not happy right now with the Saints team. He's not happy with his role. 
in the offense, and how can you blame him? We see guys like Christian McCaffrey on the week-to-week basis put up monster stat lines. You know why? Because their team's using them the right way. They're giving them the football a bunch of times, and they're saying, go, go make use of it. And the Saints aren't giving Alvin Kamara the ball enough, and that's an issue. And maybe this game was, you know, knock the rust off, let's not overuse him. Fine, and, and I'll give him another week to prove that. If we go another Sunday with Alvin Kamara being grossly misused and he only gets about 10 to 12 touches, I don't see how the Saints are going to be a good football team or as good of a football team as they'd like to be. They're still a good team, but not as good as they want to be. Because Kamara is their best offensive weapon. You could keep telling me it's Michael Thomas, and I think he's flat out amazing. I think he's the best wide receiver in football. Alvin Kamara is more important to this offense in terms of what he brings to the table. We know how good Michael Thomas is. I'm not denying it. But Alvin Kamara adds an element that defenses can't you know, stop because he can run the football. He can catch the football. You can throw him in so many different ways where you know what Michael Thomas is. Now, they still can't stop him, which is amazing. But you know what he is. So next Sunday is important. I want to see what Sean Payton does with Alvin Kamara. You better use him well. And you better get Latavius Murray involved too. The fact that those two were not used on Sunday is a big reason why they lost. Got to stick to your bread and butter, and that's running the football. And then use Drew Brees as a secondary piece. Now, when I come back, I'm going to address a tweet that I had yesterday that was controversial, to, according to many of you. Uh, a lot of you didn't like it at all. So I'll get to that. And I'm going to talk about a wide receiver who the Saints should be talking to on the phone right now because I think they could honestly use him. And that's something I didn't think was the case a couple of weeks ago. But all that coming up right after the break. And we're back inside Big Easy in the Big Apple. Once again, it's your host, Chris Vosvoglu. And on Sunday, probably the middle of the game, uh, I tweeted out. I said everyone was on Teddy's back for not pulling the trigger on certain throws, but somehow Drew's immune to the criticism. And I said, keep that same energy. And everyone freaked out. And I'm talking about 99% of Saints fans freaked out. And then I followed up saying he's still – Breeze is still a great quarterback. But he's not in his prime anymore. And the best way for the Saints to win football games is using the run. And when teams stack the box, then you let your Hall of Fame quarterback just pick apart secondaries. That's the way I phrase it. You can go check if you don't believe me. You can go check if you're still arguing over it. And then I finished up with this. The Saints were successful during their five-game stint with Teddy because they leaned on the run and controlled time possession. Now imagine that formula with Drew Brees under center. That's lethal. And Everyone, for some inexplicable reason, thought that was my way of saying Drew Brees should get benched for Teddy Bridgewater. Let me address that right there. There is no reason and no way, and there's no scenario where it actually happens that Teddy Bridgewater is the starting quarterback of the Saints moving forward this season. Nor should he, because the best option for you to win in 2019 is Drew Brees. That doesn't take back my words. I'm not going to take back my words, because the reality is you guys are so unfair And not all of you, but a good amount of you were unfair to Teddy Bridgewater that if he misses a throw, he doesn't throw it deep. You guys were on his back because you expected greatness. Okay, so when the great quarterback doesn't do it, why is that okay? And I get it. The offensive line wasn't good yesterday. My point is sometimes Drew Brees is at fault for losses too. He's not immune to the blame. If Teddy Bridgewater was a big reason you guys were, you know, crucifying him for that Cowboys game that they almost lost. If Drew is in those shoes, I don't think you guys would have blamed Drew is my point. And I think it's just unfair that 
one guy didn't get a fair shake, and the other guy who, albeit, has revitalized the franchise, and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he's my favorite athlete of all time. So don't take this as a knock on Drew Brees because he's one of the many reasons I love watching the Saints football team. You can say he had a bad game. That's fine. It's okay to say Drew Brees struggled yesterday. It's normal. He's 40 years old. They were coming off a bye. He looked rusty. That's fine. And when he plays well like he did against Arizona, I'll give him all the praise in the world because he's that good. But when he plays bad, it's okay to say he didn't play well. And I know he got sacked six times yesterday. And I know the offensive line gave him you know, no time to maneuver in the pocket. But when he did have time, he was holding on to the football. And maybe he doesn't trust his wide receivers. That's fine if you want to use that excuse. But just admit that he held on to the football. That's all I'm asking for. I'm asking to be fair to both quarterbacks. Now, I'll throw this at you while I'm at it. Regardless of what happens this season, I want the Saints to keep Bridgewater for next year because I think the best option in a couple of years from now will be Teddy Bridgewater, and that's because Drew Brees is only getting older. But for 2019, the best option to win is obviously number nine. So let's just move past that with everyone you know, getting all up in arms about my tweet. Look. Breeze didn't play well. The offense didn't play well. And if Teddy Bridgewater was under there, you would have put all the blame on Teddy. You wouldn't have put a single ounce on the offensive line. You wouldn't put a single ounce on the play calling. You would have said it was on Teddy. That's all I'm saying. And you guys know I'm right. And that's why it bothers you guys. You know I'm right about this situation. Um, but it's fine. It, it, it's whatever. Now let's move on to some of your questions from Twitter. Only about four or five of them that we'll get to today, but it's fine. Uh, but the first one from Louise, he asked, do you think this bad performance was because of the bye or they didn't take the Falcons seriously? Maybe both. What do you think? I, honestly, it's got to be the bye. And I think it happens because the Saints were so hell-bent on throwing the football against a bad secondary that once Atlanta's secondary played well, they didn't have an answer. So I, I think that's what it was. There's no way the Saints didn't take the Falcons seriously. There's no way because... One, the rivalry. Two, you listen to what they said in the locker room. They wanted this game. And three, they're frustrated. They know they needed this game for NFC seeding and all that. This is a bad loss, and they know it, and they're going to own it. I think they will, and I'll talk about it later in the week when I do my preview for the Bucs game. Now, Nola Ryan asked, do you think a healthy Lattimore would have made his difference with the offense being so stagnant? Look, when Lattimore's in, it changes the defense. But I actually have a hot take for you guys. I don't think the defense was that bad yesterday. We can, we can continue to blame the defense all we want. I didn't think they were bad yesterday. Matt Ryan, he threw for 182 yards. If you told me Matt Ryan threw for 182 yards, I would have told you the Saints won this football game. And look, yeah, they gave over 100 yards on the ground, but their leading rusher had 61 yards. The defense wasn't that bad. The penalties, was they were bad, but the penalties can be cleaned real quick. A lot of them are hands to the face. That's just all technique. You could eliminate that next Sunday immediately. So I don't think the defense was that bad. Would Lattimore come back help? Yeah, of course it would have helped because then you don't have P.J. Williams on the outside. Um, but I don't think Lattimore, I don't think his injury was the reason the Saints lost. I think the injury is something to look forward to, uh, you know, monitor as we go on. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. But I, I am not saying Lattimore is the reason they lost. This, the offense was so bad, it doesn't matter if 23 was in there. They, they would have lost. Now, we have another tweet. Why didn't Drew Brees kneel the ball five seconds left? Look, garbage time stinks. I hate it. You guys hate it. Um, but that's not going to stop teams from throwing the ball in garbage time. They're going to continue to do it. They they want to see what works, what doesn't. Every second matters to a coaching staff, and that's why um, what I love to see, what I'd love to see a kneel down. Yeah, because it would be victory formation. But they're not going to kneel down the ball when they're losing. They're, you know they're going to go down the field and try. Um, it stinks, but it is what it is, and we know it. Um, last question we're going to do here: Should we be worried, especially if Lattimore's out for a while, and if Pete's out for a while? Um, 
Yes, for the first one, no for the second one. If Lattimore's out for a while, that's going to sting the Saints' defense. I, I think what you're going to have to do is scheme ways to get pressure on the quarterback and force them into bad throws because uh, the luxury the Saints have now is that Eli Apple's a good corner. Um, so you're not, you know, Lattimore, you know, Ken Crawley on the outside. It's Lattimore and Eli Apple. And if you don't have Lattimore, Eli Apple's going to have to shoulder the load. What you can do, and I think it's going to help because I think they've been great this season. I think the Saints' safeties have been really good this year. I get on Marcus Williams back a lot, but I think he's been a lot better over the last couple of weeks. And Bomb Bell's having a great season in a contract year, and that's why. Um, but I think what you could do, you can get away with for a week having Eli Apple and you know your safeties are helping out the corner opposite of him, which would probably be P.J. Williams. I think you can get away with it. The problem is the penalties. Um, and the luxury the Saints have now is that you can move P.J. Williams outside because you have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who, by the way, I thought should have started on Sunday, but that's not a, you know, that's a discussion for a different time. The Saints have options. I would be worried more so with Lattimore. As for Andrews Pete, you don't want offensive linemen to go down, but I'm just going to keep saying it. He stinks. And I don't care what anyone wants to say about Andrews Pete. I've never seen a first round pick besides Eric Flowers at offensive line get bulldozed the way Andrews Pete does. It's okay to get to get beat sometimes. It's fine. It happens. It happens to Armstead. Happens to, well, not happen to Ramcheck, but it happens. Armstead's an amazing left tackle. He gets beat from time to time. Andrews Pete gets beat almost every play. And he doesn't just get beat. He gets put into the ground, and that just completely throws off your quarterback. So, yeah, look, Andrews Pete's probably their best option at left guard, but let's not act like we'll collapse that much of, you know, downgrade from Andrews Pete. If they're both crap, they're both crap. One's just a first-round pick, so it makes it look worse. So, I'm not trying to be harsh, but that's the way it is. But I'd be concerned with Lattimore, not concerned with Andrews Pete right now. Now, let's move forward to something that happened late in the game. Michael Thomas possibly hurt. Um, a lot of people were worried. I saw some people saying concussion. I don't think that's the case. I think Michael Thomas was just tired. I, the guy had 13 receptions, I believe it was, for 152 yards. I'd be tired too if I were him. And you lose that game and you sit on the floor. You're just trying to reflect over what happened and you were lunging for the goal line for a touchdown. Look, I hate garbage time. That's why, because injuries could happen. But I think Michael Thomas is okay. I don't know if it's anything severe. I think he was just frustrated with what happened in the game, and he just wanted to sit down and think about how much he was used yesterday. Guy could use a break. So just if he sits on the floor for two minutes, I don't think it's that concerning. I think the Saints would have said something if it was. Um, Marshall Lattimore's hamstring injury, though, that's something to monitor. The biggest knock on Lattimore coming out of college and the reason he fell to where he did was because of his hamstring problems. It was a nagging issue at Ohio State. He's been lucky to get through the first you know, two years of his career without an injury coming up, but now he's got one. And this is an issue because hamstring injuries can, he could be ready for next Sunday or he can miss three weeks. That's the way it goes. And I think the one encouraging sign for Lattimore was that he even attempted to come out and try the bike. And once, you know, they saw the score, they saw what's going on. It's like, dude, no point of rushing this kid back in. I think that's encouraging. If, if Lattimore misses time, I don't think he's going to miss that much. I think maybe he misses this Sunday but I don't know how much more time he's going to miss. Um, but they're going to need him back because Lattimore, before Julio, before he got out, Julio had no catches. He did also get laid out by Lattimore. Lattimore was playing good football yesterday before he got hurt. So they're going to need him back. But I think the the good thing is I don't I've seen bad hammy issues. I don't know if this one's that severe. Now you can miss time, but I, it's not something that we're you know I'm worried about Lattimore's season being in jeopardy. I'm worried about him missing a week or two. Um, and I think the Saints. If you're that good and you've been playing this, you know, next man up mentality, there's no reason why you can't keep it going for at least two more weeks without Lattimore. Now, this last topic I've been saving. I'm saving the best for last. Um, so hopefully you're still listening at this point. But 
I have been very adamant that I don't want Des Bryant on this football team. I don't think Des Bryant has anything left in the tank. I don't think there's any reason for someone to sign him. I think his workout videos are teases and the fact that he just always looks like he's in good shape, but it doesn't mean anything. All that, I'm throwing it out the window. I watched that game Sunday, and I saw a quarterback who didn't trust his wide receivers to catch the football other than Michael Thomas. That's an issue. And when you get to the playoffs, it could come up. And it might not come up in the NFC Divisional round. It might not come up in the wild card. It might not come up in the championship game. It would come up in the Super Bowl. And that's the goal for this team. If the ultimate goal is getting to the Super Bowl, you got to make sure you don't have a, bl- a blatant flaw on the offensive side of the football. And they do. And I don't think Des Bryant's that good anymore. But Des Bryant tweeted out, I'm not looking to be a star receiver or a number one target or whatever it is. I just want to help a team win. And that stood out to me because the first thing that you need as an athlete is self-awareness. Because that's why I don't like Antonio Brown. I got nothing against the guy as a football player. He's an outstanding football player. His self-awareness is is at a negative number right now. He can't realize that he keeps getting in his own way with his tweets and his comments and his screw the NFL remarks. Stop getting in your own way and maybe you'd be back in the league by now. Des Bryant is aware enough to say, I'm not that good anymore, but I could damn well help a team as a number three, a number four, maybe even number two, who knows? And that stood out to me. And I don't think Des has that much left in the tank, and I don't think Des might even have anything left in the tank. But what I'm saying to you right now on this Monday morning after the Saints lost, in large part because they don't even have weapons on the offensive side of the football, try him out. And I'm not, unlike you, unlike a lot of the fans, I, I didn't blame the team for not making a trade because you have to understand it takes two to tango. The Saints could have called teams, and if the team said we're not making the trade, they're not making the trade, and that's the end of it. So the Saints try to do what they could. They try to get Emmanuel Sanders. The 49ers just beat them out to it. No one was paying a second-round pick for Sanu besides the Patriots, so that doesn't count. So we can keep blaming the Saints for not making a trade. They can't force a team to do what they don't want to do. What they can do, though, is bring in a veteran wide, wide out for a workout, see if there's anything left in the tank, and if there is, you, you sign him. And I've been very adamant. I don't want Dez. I didn't think anything was left with Dez. But I'm watching this football team, and they're too damn good to punt on a season because Ted Ginn Jr. can't catch the football. That's the reality. So, yeah, I don't think Dez gets much separation. I don't know how much separation he's going to get. But can Drew, Drew Brees throw it on him and he can catch the football? Probably. Will he catch it better than Dead, uh, Ted Ginn Jr.? Probably. Give me Dez then. I don't care what route he runs. He probably can't run much more than you know a, a simple curl. But fine. If it works, it works. And I, I think this has been such an issue. And, I, and I, I'm telling you guys, I tried to punt this thing down the road as far as I could, saying this wasn't going to plague them because I trust Traquan. I trusted certain players. But you don't have my trust when you keep dropping the football. It just doesn't happen. And I can see this team winning. I can see them losing one more game the rest of the year. I can see the Saints finishing 13-3 and or 12-4. and That's what I think they're going to finish. It's one of those two. This team's on track for the playoffs, and they maybe get a bye week, but it's going to be tough because the Packers are playing really well. But maybe they get a chance to do it. But this is going to cost you somewhere. It's going to cost you, and it's a matter of when. Not if. It's a matter of when. because. Ted can't catch the football and Traquan can't catch the football. And why is a guy like Krishan Hogan even on this team? So it's going to happen. Sign Dez, see what he has, and let's roll with it. Because at this point, the worst thing the Saints can do is be complacent with what they have. 
And what they have isn't good. I love Thomas. I love Kamara. And unlike most people, I think Jared Cook's been good. I like Jared Cook. And I think this offense could continue to get better with Cook at it. But you need another wide receiver. Or else teams are going to take advantage. So, changing my stance. I've said for a while, I don't think the Saints should kick the tires on Dez. But I think they should. I think they should call him up, see what he's got. At the very least, he's a red zone threat. At the very least. Um, But we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode, guys. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. If you listen to this far, let me know what you think about Dez possibly going to the Saints. Do you want him there? I'm assuming the answer is probably yes. Um, But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. And stay tuned to another episode coming out later this week as I'll analyze the Saints and the Bucks when they play next Sunday.